My husband has been talking about resilience, and I think this is so important. Because I don't know about you, I, I can increase my resilience. But something that's really been on my heart, and I was just sharing it with my husband, and he really felt like that was a word from the Lord. Something that's really been on my heart is the blessed hope and resilience. How many of you know what I'm talking about when we, we talk about the blessed hope? Well, here's the thing. Again, I grew up in this church. Growing up in this church, I'm so grateful that my pastors would preach and they would talk on the rapture and on Jesus' return. I honestly, as a little girl, I honestly did not think that I would grow up and I would be able to get married and have a family and, and do all those things. I honestly thought that Jesus was going to come before I grew up. Because they preached on it and they, and they talked on it. Uh, but now it seems like we've forgotten, maybe. We've forgotten or we've, we've kind of put it out of our mind. And so today I want to talk to you about the blessed hope and resilience. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11. One of my very, very favorite scriptures. I love them all. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So God, God has a hope and a future for you. Uh, Proverbs 19, 18. Without a vision, the people perish. So if the, if the vision is big, the division is small. But when we don't have a vision, that's when we get into division and strife and all kinds of things. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets, that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So we need to write the vision. We need to write the vision. And if, if you don't have a vision for your life, you need to pray and ask God to give you a vision for your life. If you've lost your vision, ask God to renew that vision. Because I believe... Now more than ever, we need to be focused. We need to be focused. We need to be focused on what it is he's called us to do, and we need to be doing it. In Isaiah 40, 30 through 31, it says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so again, we want to, we're talking about resilience, increasing our resilience, getting our resilience back. What do I mean when I talk about resilient? Able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Able to recoil or spring back into shape after bending, stretching, or being compressed. 
The resilient spirit perseveres, lives in victory, is tender-hearted, kind, joyful, peaceful, and faith-filled. I don't know about you, but I, I need to increase my resilience. I'm not as resilient, maybe, as I used to be, as I would like to be. And so we need to, we need to get that resilience back. So that when things come, and here's the thing, as long as you're in this earth, as long as you're in this body, things are going to come. Challenging times are going to come. Difficult times are going to come. But when things come, if we have that resilient spirit, we're going to be able to bounce back by it, from it, and we're going to be able to come back from it. And that's what we want. We want to be resilient believers. What about hope? What is hope? Hope is an intense inner image of an eager expectation, white, hot expectation, your neck outstretched, longing and looking for something, a horizon, a compelling dream or vision. Here's the thing. There can be um, no resilience without hope. We've got to have that hope. If, if you don't have hope, then you don't have anything that's going to anchor you, that's going to keep you. So we've got to have, we've got to have that hope. Hope is the foundation of our resiliency. It's an anchor for our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. And it gives us constant, constancy and stability, no matter what kind of storm is brewing. Look at Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews 6.19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so we have this hope. So here's the thing, like Joseph, like David, like Paul, the enemy is going to do everything he can to squash your hope. And once that happens, your resiliency will begin to dissipate and failure is certain. So we want to renew our hope. We want to renew our resiliency. Proverbs 23, 18 Proverbs 23.18 says, Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. I'm here to tell you, if you're sitting here today or if you're listening online, then there still is a future and a hope for you. It's not too late. As long as, you're, as long as you're alive, as long as you're breathing, it is not too late. There have been situations in my life, there have been times in my life where I almost lost hope. I know back in September of 2001 when my mother passed away, 
I felt as though literally the wind had been knocked out of me. I, I literally felt as if I could not go on. Because growing up, it had always been mom and I against the world. We, it was kind of us against the world. And so when my mother passed away, I, I literally felt as if the wind had been knocked out of me. And I felt as if I could not go on. But thank God for hope. Hope that I would see her again because she was born again. And hope that that God still had a plan for my life and he still had something for me to do. Fast forward um, in 2000, well, in 2011, I, I injured my back. I'm still not completely sure how I injured my back, but I injured my back. And so I had my first back surgery in 2011. I had to have another surgery in 2014. And then in 2017, I had to end up having uh, three more back surgeries. And I found out I had a heart condition and I had to have heart surgery. And so I literally... I literally felt as if the wind, again, had been knocked out of my cells. I felt like I, w- I was just tired. I was tired of being in the hospital. I was tired of being poked and prodded. And again, I kind of felt like my hope was being stolen. But I'll never forget I felt, in, in, in praying and seeking God, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, dream again. Dream again. I'm not through with you. Your life is not over. Dream again. Dream again. And so, I, uh, in 2018, I had to have two more back surgeries. But praise God, I haven't had any since then, and I'm believing God I'm done. But my point is, there are things that can, if you're not careful, it can just knock the wind out of you. It can, it can rob you of your hope. And we all face different things and go through different things. And, and it could be the loss of a spouse, the loss of a job, the loss of a dream. It could be the loss of, of any number of things. But my point is, God wants to restore your hope. But I believe that the greatest hope, the greatest hope is in what we call the blessed hope and in Jesus' return. Many believers, they lack resilience because they've lost hope in the blessed hope, they've lost hope that Jesus is coming again. So many people are living as though this is it. There's nothing after this life. But I'm here to tell you that we're all going to live forever. We're all going to live for eternity. It's just, are we going to live in heaven or are we going to live in hell? So we're all, we're all going to continue to live 
And again, growing up, I heard this all the time. I heard, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And here's the thing. That thought was constantly on the forefront of my mind. And, and praise God, thinking that Jesus could come any day kept me out of a lot of ditches. It really did. It kept me out of a lot of ditches because I was thinking, I don't want to be caught doing this thing or, or something when Jesus returns. But the modern church, I, I don't know if we've forgotten about it. I don't know if we've forgotten about it, if we don't believe it anymore. I'm not sure. But it's just been in my spirit so strongly that we need to get back to that. We need to get back to Jesus is coming. It could be today. It could be, it could be before we even finish the service. Jesus is coming. And so we've got to get our eyes back on Jesus. We've got to, to get that hope back in us. Titus 2.13. Titus 2.13. It's a little bitty powerful book. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we are waiting. We're waiting for that blessed hope. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. First John three, two and three. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. 1 Corinthians 15. 15. Let's look at, start with verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? Death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Or other versions say, Grave, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.
we need to get the blessed hope in front of our eyes again. Because what, does, what did we just read? We read that, that that hope will cause us to purify ourselves. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And then 1 Thessalonians 4. Thirteen through eighteen. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So why do we call it the blessed hope? Because it empowers us to prosper in in our hope, to prosper in this life, and to live victoriously in this life. What does hope do for us? It motivates us to live pure and holy lives in this sinful world. And again... Um, just as an example, that hope, I wasn't perfect, but it helped me to to purify myself because that hope was always in the the forefront of my mind, thinking Jesus could come today. If he came today, would I want him seeing what it is I'm doing? Would I want to be doing that thing? Honestly, Me personally, this is not the time to be skipping out on church. This is not the time to say, oh, church is not important. I don't need to go. I can just listen to it online or I could just watch it online. No, again, Jesus is coming. Today could be the day. So we want to live ready. We want to be ready. When you are actively looking and expecting someone or something, you stay ready, alert, and vigilant. 
Now, in all honesty, right now my house is not clean because I've had other things I needed to do. But if I thought that someone was coming to my house today, I would have been cleaning like a little mad woman. <laughs> because what? We want our house to be clean and tidy and be prepared. We don't want to be caught off guard. How much more our spiritual house? How much more do we want to keep our spiritual house clean and tidy and ready? Because this could be the day. This could be the day. Y'all get this in your spirit. This could be the day. And so we want to be ready. We don't want to be caught off guard. I remember, I remember when Pastor Art and I, when we were engaged and we were planning our wedding, um, in a little notebook, because we didn't have tablets and all that back then, in a little notebook, I had um, made a calendar. And, and I had a calendar from the day I made it up until the day we were getting married. And every day, it was one day closer. And every day, I would, with anticipation and excitement, I would mark off, yay, I'm one day closer to marrying my sweetheart. That's the way we should be about God. <coughs> Oh, I'm one day closer. I am one day closer. I'm one day closer to be being reunited with my Lord and my Savior. And we should have we should have that excitement, that anticipation, that joy. So why why have people lost their expectation for the blessed hope? I believe one of the biggest things is we've taken our eyes off the Word. When you take your eyes off the Word, you, you lose your focus, you lose your hope. Uh, people have become carnal and they've been focused on the things of this world rather than Jesus and His soon return. We've gotten caught up. It could be in our families, our jobs, our careers, our relationships. And we've allowed other things to take precedence and priority over, over God and our relationship with Jesus. Um, I believe we've also been lulled to sleep by everything that's going on in the world. COVID. I don't even I don't even know if we yet realize the horrible impact that it's had on Christians in the church. Because you know what? There should not be an empty seat in this place. There should not be one empty seat. Every seat should be filled. The balcony should be filled. But you know what? COVID has lulled us asleep. We've said, well, I better not go to church. You know, there's COVID still there. Uh, and COVID has taken priority over Jesus. And the, and the truth is, a lot of people, um, they're not looking for Jesus to come. They're not looking. They, they've, they've kind of fallen asleep. 
And, and we've got to wake up. We've got to wake ourselves up. We've got to wake up others because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And this is not to condemn anybody because, my goodness, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But if you've fallen asleep, if you've allowed other things to take your, your focus, to take priority, today, today is the day to get your focus back on God, to get your focus back on Him. So how can you reignite your passion and your, your intensity for the blessed hope? Recommit your heart and your life to Jesus. Re recommit. Just say, Jesus, I repent. I repent if, if I've put anything before you, if I've allowed anything to take precedence and priority in my heart and in my life before you. Repent. Recommit your heart and your life to him. Ask him to renew your passion. Ask him to renew your vision. Ask him to give you a new vision and a fresh vision. In 1 Thessalonians 5, um, it says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And so I just, I just want to encourage you. Wake up. Wake up. Take stock of where... Uh, where you are in your heart and in your mind. If you haven't been looking for Jesus' return, repent. Ask Him to forgive you. And begin to look with expectation with your neck outstretched. You know, the Bible talks about the ten virgins. Five were foolish and five were wise. Now the thing about it is they all fell asleep, but five had extra oil and five didn't. And when the bridegroom came, it was too late because they had left to go get some more oil. They asked the five wise ones, share some of your oil with us. And they said, no, we won't have enough. You go get some. And while they were going to get some, Jesus came. I think about Noah. I think about Noah when God told him to build an ark. I mean, up to that point, they had never seen a flood. They had never seen anything like that. So I'm sure Noah didn't fully understand. But he was building that boat. And while he was building that boat, he was still preaching. And he was still telling people, get right with God, get right with God. And they laughed at him and made fun of him. And then one day, 
the flood came, and it was too late. People may laugh at you. People may make fun of you. But that's okay. You keep that blessed hope in your heart and in your mind, and you tell others about it. Because again, Jesus is coming. Today could be the day. And so we want to live ready. We want that hope. We want that hope and the blessed hope and Jesus' return to help us, to help us to be pure and to stay pure. So I want to ask you to stand.